Hey there, Courageous Leader. Looking for a place to connect, share, and collaborate with other ambitious, impact-driven powerhouses? Well, look no further. Join me and dozens of other bold, action-oriented women in leadership in the Leaders Lounge. The Leaders Lounge is a no-cost monthly meetup for listeners of the show and my broader She Leads community so that we can come together and uncover opportunities to collaborate with each other and magnify our impact. We meet monthly on the fourth Wednesday of every month. Details to save your spot for the next no-cost meetup is in the show notes below, or you can head over to sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register. Again, that's sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register and save your spot. I'll see you in the lounge. Thank you for joining me on another episode of She Leads Now podcast, where we help career and entrepreneurial women gain the tools to develop a success mindset, create winning strategies, build collaborative relationships, and take bold action towards creating impact and fulfillment in their lives and careers. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and I'm on a mission to awaken and activate women and emerging leaders so they can tap into their innate leadership ability elevate their influence, and create the impact they were destined to make. If you're ready to up-level your confidence, courage, and influence, you've come to the right place. Join me weekly for insights, strategies, and resources to help you grow, develop, and embody the leader you were meant to be so that you can make the impact you know you are called to make and establish the legacy you've always dreamed. The world eagerly awaits the emergence of your brilliance, impact, and influence. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the She Leads Now podcast. I am so excited to bring you today's guest, Ebene Allman. Ebene is an entrepreneur, she's an author, she's a podcaster, and she is an all-around professional homegirl. So excited to have you here today. Thank you for coming on the show. So without further ado, I'm sure the people want to know, you know, what is the professional home girl? Who are you? What was your path or your journey to becoming this amazing entrepreneur and author that you are today? Oh, that is a loaded question to me. <laughs> so let's back in the beginning. So I want to say almost five, six years ago, I lost my grandmother. She had Alzheimer's slash dementia. And that was like one of the worst times of my life. So at that time, mental health wasn't as attractive as it is today. And I didn't know that I was going through or I was depressed. So throughout my journey, going through therapy and all this other good stuff to help me get back to who I was at core, I had this idea like there got to be a platform out there that allow women to speak freely, especially women of color, to speak freely on the things that we normally talk about within our communities. And I was doing my research. I wasn't able to find that platform. So I created the Professional Homegirl. And at first, the Professional Homegirl was a blog. But living in New York, I'm like, you know, one, a lot of people don't have time to read. And two, a lot of people don't know how to read. So I'm like, let me do something that's like really quick, something that people can take in while living in New York, like living on, being on the train or like going for a walk, some case maybe because, you know, New York is so fast paced. So then I was introduced to starting a podcast. I'm like, you know what? Podcasts would be easier. I get to talk to people. And I think one of my gifts is that I make people feel comfortable and people feel seen. So I was able to share these amazing stories and platform that you normally don't hear women talking about, especially women of color, because some of the stories are just so taboo. And here we are three years later with the podcast. I love it. Well, first and foremost, I'm I'm so sorry for your loss. 
But I, I love the fact that you were able to take a personal experience, something that you were dealing with, and to leverage it to create this platform and support other women. I know what that's like in a different capacity when you kind of are going through something and there's like, mm-hmm. you look around and there's no support. And so being able to, to leverage your pain really essentially, and to, to turn that into a passion where you're creating this platform, not just for, for yourself to kind of, you know, be out there as an entrepreneur, but to certainly support and be a light to those who might be going through it. So that is amazing. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, like outside of the podcast, how do you support clients? Who do you work with? What is that? What is your ideal target audience and so on? So the way I support my clients is obviously about being a listener. And I was able to take those stories because I feel like a lot of the stories that I come across, a lot of people are like, oh my God, these stories are true because we don't have these type of conversations within our communities. So how I was able to support them is to provide a platform where they can be able to come to the show and share their stories. But also I was able to transfer those stories into my coloring book. And as we know with the pandemic, you know, everybody needs something to do because we all was going crazy. And one of the things that I used to love doing, especially as a child, was coloring. And coloring is also therapeutic. So not only will you be coloring these pages, but you'll also be able to scan the QR code at the bottom of the page, which will take you to the um, story that you're coloring. So I think that when people, I know, right? <laughs> Love that. Thank you. So I think that not only does it gives my, my clients or my, I don't really call them my clients because I feel like this is my community and I feel like these are like my like, these are my girlfriends. These are my supporters. I give them a place where they feel like, oh, my God, I can finally feel seen. I finally feel heard. And it also gives them an opportunity. If people wanted to know who my who the person that was, they can foster their relationship and spread, spread gems amongst each other so they don't have to go through the things that people on my show went through. Yeah. And so I, I love the whole idea of adult coloring. Like, I think uh, maybe in the last two years, I feel like that has been like a big thing amongst like the, the coaching and professional development space. For me, for the pandemic, it was uh, doing puzzles. So yes, I, I, yes. I wish I knew about the coloring book, but yes, I've been uh, doing puzzles to, to get through that. And so, you know, I love the fact that you, that you refer to your space as a community, right. Versus your clients. And so it's really continuing to fostering, to foster that brand of, Hey, this is a safe space for you to come into. Mm-hmm. And now if I understand correctly, your audience or the guests that you bring on to share their stories, they're able to do this anonymously, correct? They are anonymous, yes. Okay. And so you essentially are the only person who knows like their real identity, but the world wouldn't. Correct. I mean, if you want to do your research, a lot of my listeners are like expected gadgets. (laughs) So some of the people I have on the show, if you want to do your research, you'll be able to locate them and know more about them. But I would never share the identity because I want to promote empathy amongst each other because I feel like especially during this time like there's just so much stuff going on and people can be so judgmental and a lot of times judgmental comes out of fear so I think that when people hear these stories and you hear that these women are so resilient it makes you want to know more about the character or the person itself so that's the reason I wanted to keep it anonymous and also the stories are just so juicy like I don't think I think that people need to know like you know life happens and life is hard and like 
a lot of people don't have the support system that others are blessed to have. So I wanted to showcase people, like if you want to hear something with resilience or something where people just don't give up, then this is the show for you. I love that. So as you think about your your career, right? So obviously you've been in, in this entrepreneurial space for a while, but if you look at, you know, over the course of your career, what are one or two success factors that you would attribute to you even being able to get to this place? Like I know the, the podcast was birthed out of, you know, a real pain and tragedy that you experienced, but overall, I, I would like to believe that there were threads, if you will, along the course of your life and your career. So share a little bit about those with us. Oh my God, I think being an entrepreneur is just, <laughs> I mean, I think right now it's so glamorized, but I think that when you in it in the long run, run, it's a lot of work, especially when you are a one person show, especially when you have a nine to five, it's a lot of work. Like it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears. Like I have lost a lot of money. This is not my first idea. This is probably like, I mean, I'm, I love entrepreneurship. That was like probably the first thing I probably said as a kid, like I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I had failed a lot of times before I finally found something or finally found my purpose. So a lot of tears, um, a lot of money, <laughs> possibly uh, a bad partnership. I had a situation, a business last time and my partner ghosted me. I mean, I just think it's just business. Like I think that a lot of people don't share these struggles, but I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's going for every peak, there's always a valley. Absolutely. So, and that's a really great point because, you know, oftentimes, whether you're in entrepreneurship or whether you're in a traditional corporate environment, it's so easy to get on LinkedIn or Instagram or any one of these platforms and see the announcements of people winning and the highlight reels of people's lives. And, you know, the truth is like, no one's living that 24 seven. No one. And you know what, not to cut you off, I think a lot of times people have to realize that you can't compare your day one to somebody day 100. And when it comes to that person day 100, you don't know what they did and what it took for them to get to that day 100. So I always tell people, do what you gotta do to get over that hurdle and then just keep going because by you being consistent, you don't know how close you are to reaching your goal. But comparison is a thief of, is a thief of joy. So you can't compare yourself to people because people will try you and people yes. will lie. <laughs> <laughs> That is so true. That is so true. And it brings me to another question because I, I am a firm believer in the power of networking, in the power yes. of surrounding yourself with individuals who are both at the same level as you are, but then who can also pull you along because they've traveled the path already. So as you look at your career, both you know in traditional environments as well as an entrepreneur, what role has networking or building a network played in your ability to advance or just to be able to pick yourself back up after those valley moments? I think that because of my community, because of my network, and because I have created this safe space where I don't ask people who support me to do anything that I want to do. So I also share vulnerable things in my life that happened to me, but I always say that one of the worst days of my life has created so many beautiful moments. Like I would do anything to get my grandmother back, but because of her transition, I was able, I was able to create a platform which caused me to meet so many people who really believe in PhD and being able to be on platforms like your like yourself and just to share my story and just to put it out there. And you know, I'm very proud. Like I had a a lot of wins and because of one situation where the coloring book is at five bookstores. And one of the bookstores is because of a dear friend of mine. And she was able to help me get that account. 
So you just never know who God was sending your life to help you get to certain places or just to help you get to certain places that put you in other places that you always dreamed about. So I always tell people, listen, network across. I think that a lot of times people are so gun ho like, oh, I got to talk to the executive. This never. It's like sometimes Oprah can be sitting right next to you. You know what I'm saying? Beyonce sitting next to you too. It's just like, and not even that. I think when it comes to people, people need to realize when it comes to legacy, also help those that's behind you because that's how your name and your brand stuff lives on forever because of what you do for others. I think the kindness of your heart and not wanting anything in return. And that speaks a lot about your character, which to me is an important role when it comes to leadership. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, one of the, I don't know, myths that I'm on a mission to debunk along with the leadership one, as we talked about earlier, is really about, you know, networking, because so many people hear networking, and they get uneasy, or it just feels uncomfortable, and they feel like, you know, it's sleazy. And it's Mm -hmm. really about the power of relationships, being able to connect with another human being, finding some commonality, some some level of rapport with that person, and building a relationship. And if and when an opportunity becomes available for you to support each other, because you have that relationship, being able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think whether you're in entrepreneurship or whether you're in corporate America, it's not all about like, what can this person do for me? You never know who like down the road, that person may need something or you may need something and you can tap into that person. Speaking of leadership, I'm curious to know how you would describe your leadership style or perhaps your leadership philosophy. I'm very (laughs) hands-on. So my team is very small. Obviously, it's myself. I have a graphic designer who, um, I mean, she's literally like my right-hand man. Like, we brainstorm all the time. I also have a transcriber that I'm going back and forth with on a particular project. But I was always told to work for the job you want and not the job that you have. So I'm very, I stay with a quote. (laughs) So I'm very, (laughs) so I'm very big on just like, just putting my all into it. I don't ever want to ask anybody on my team or anybody that I'm working with in partnership to do something that for one, I don't know what you're doing. And for two, that I can contribute to, like, this is a team effort. And I'm very big on people who are, that believe in PhD, obviously, and have the same um, goals as well as I do for my brand. So I'm very hands-on. Like, I'm not annoying, but I just feel like, I don't know, like, collaboration is just so key. Like, you can do such beautiful things. And I think that when you have a team, you can really go far, especially when you're involved. I I love the collaborative nature. And I I think it just comes with starting a business, right? Now, I'm curious, as you think about your career in general, what is like one decision? Because leadership is all about making decisions every day, regardless of what role or level you're at. But what's one decision that you feel like you made that was the catalyst that you're looking back on now? Like, oh my gosh, I am so glad I went down that path. I haven't really talked about this much because I was saving this for my New York Times bestseller book. I don't have any regrets because I do feel every I do feel like everything happens for a reason. But there was a situation with a partner of mine. And it wasn't a partner with what I'm doing now, but it was a partner with uh, a particular project that they brought to my attention. I'm like, oh this sounds like really good because I'm all about passion and like I have an operational mindset so I can actually like see it all happening. And his partner ghosted me. But before this partner ghosted me, 
I should have known or I should have paid attention to the signs and trusted my gut, but I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes I like to prove myself wrong. <laughs> and when I get into that moment, I end up proving myself right. <laughs> so I would say that by me not trusting my gut, I do kind of regret that. But then again, I don't because I feel like who knows where I would have been at if I would have trusted my gut and just stopped the whole thing. So I think that for me, I don't really have any regrets about anything because I just feel everything is a learning lesson. I don't look at anything as an L. And granted, I lost a nice amount of money because of the situation, but I rather lose that amount of money compared to me losing a larger amount of money, especially when I get to a certain level within my career. Right. And and that's an uh, important point. It's the perspective of how we look at things, right? Like, did exactly. you win? Did you lose? Or did you learn? And it sounds like the, your philosophy and the way that you look at even the challenging moments are really still more learning moments or learning opportunities and, and part of your growth. Absolutely. And then, listen, I can't speak for everybody, but for most of us, we don't have a blueprint for this. So sometimes you have to give yourself grace and, you know, cry and get back up and keep it going because what can you do? Right. There's not enough research in the world. It's just like sometimes things are just meant to happen. So you can learn from it and keep it going and apply it for the next opportunity to come. Absolutely. Being an entrepreneur is is a commitment to taking risks daily. And so speaking of that, you know, obviously at, at the time of this recording, we are, I don't even want to say the tail end at this point, because who knows where the tail end is, but we we are further along on a two-year streak of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of external challenges. And so being a leader and certainly being in an entrepreneurial space, you've had to, many of us have had to kind of like pivot, make changes, make quick decisions to manage through what was going on externally. So, you know, based on what you've experienced and, and what you've gone through and what you see, you know, people in your community going through, what advice would you give to someone who is attempting to lead during this time of uncertainty and challenge and lots of risk opportunities? Well, the first thing that came to mind was I wanted to say was be consistent. I think that by being consistent goes a long way. And I know it's easier said than done, but I think that when people start to see that you're taking it serious, other people will start taking it serious. And Listen, it's hard out there. I didn't think that we would be in this pandemic for as long as we have been in, amongst other things and personal things and just life, just life. But I do know for a fact that by being consistent, you just never know what can happen for you. And I think that since I'm on year three, I have seen so many amazing things that I never thought that I was going to be able to manifest into reality. But I do know because those things came to life because I was consistent. And I think that the reason why PhD is starting to grow as fast as it's grown is because I am me. I'm thankful that I don't have to like change my voice or change how I look or like you have to go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. So, and I think that when you do that, your clients and your customers and your supporters and your community will find you because you are who you are unapologetically. Yes. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that as as leaders, we are readers, right? And and that could yes. be readers, whether it's Audible or you're actually reading blogs, books, you name it. Because learning is so fundamental for us as we're leading other people. So I'm curious, 
Is there a book that you go back to or that you feel has been like a catalyst and kind of like your growth and how you see yourself as a leader? Oh my gosh, I'm super excited about this question because I love to read. I read a lot. So especially during this pandemic. So um, my goal is to read one book a week. So I think like, yeah, I read a lot. So I think like last year, I probably read like 60 something books. Wow. Yeah, I read a lot. (laughs) So I don't think that, and I read a lot of autobiographies and memoirs because I do believe that someone's storyline can be your lifeline. So I always try to find like different like aha moments within each person. But for the most part, they all have like the same common denominator. But I don't think there's one book that I read that like, well, there is one book, but this is not my go-to book. It's called Unbound, the founder of Me Too by Tarana Burke. Love, love, love that book. I think that is a perfect example of how to turn your pain into passion. And another book, I love Dapper Dan book. And the reason why this is a good book for leadership, because he started his company in his like mid to late 40s. So I think this is a perfect example, especially for women. Like you can start at any time. It doesn't matter. So we'll definitely include Ebony's recommendations down in the show notes below. And, and just it, more so in a general question, and this could be in whatever platform, but how do you stay up to date on what's happening in your industry, what's happening in the world around you so that you know how to navigate or how to pivot when, when necessary in your business? I mean, besides me reading, I'm always researching because I love to research and I'm an avid storyteller. I definitely subscribe to a couple of newsletters. I check out some podcasts or other people that's doing similar things that I'm doing to see like what's the current trends in the industry. And I also just network. Like I talk to a lot of different women and we share ideas and stuff. Cause I think that, like I said, community is important. And like I said, you just never know who can help you get to the next level within your career. So I network a lot. Like I, I love building organic relationships with people and hopefully fostering a friendship because I love being around women. I think women are so dope and we go through so much. So if it's one thing I can say before we leave the show, it's just like network with your sister across from you. You just never know what she can do for you. Absolutely. And I like the fact that it's not, you know, focused just on business, that you are feeding your soul just as much as you're feeding, you know, your business mind and everything else. So definitely, I, I do think it is important for us to to allow that space to take in information that may not necessarily be about business trends or about, you know, whatever specific field or industry that we're in. Well, two last questions for you. As you think about just the course of your life and the course of your career, if you weren't doing what you're doing today, what could plan B look like? No. Because you know what's so funny? I don't really believe in plan B. <laughs> I feel like this, there's no such thing as plan B because I really believe in my plan A. When I get old, I accomplish everything and I have grandkids. You know, maybe one day I have like a little flower shop because I love flowers with coffee and books and stuff. So maybe that would be it. But I think that what I'm doing now, like I know this is my passion because it just feels so good. And on days that I don't want to do anything. When I start working on my business, like I feel it, like comfortable. I love that. Thank so you. this is this is plan A. It's going to be plan A. And whatever comes after it will be uh, plan 2.0. <laughs> right. 
So Ebony, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your journey, for certainly sharing your passion with us. Where can the audience connect with you? Where can they find you? How and where can they find PhD so that they can listen to, to more of you and the stories of the women that you're highlighting? Yes. So you can definitely find PhD, which is also an acronym for the professional homegirl at www.thephdpodcast.com. Um, if you have a story that you would like to share, remind you, you will be anonymous. You can email me at hello at thephdpodcast.com. Um, if you want to follow me on IG or Twitter, it's the professional homegirl or my um, Instagram for the podcast is the PhD podcast. We will definitely include all of those links in the show notes. Well, Ebene, it's been, it's certainly been a pleasure. I'm glad we were able to connect on this show. And I, I thank you for being here. No, thank you. And congratulations. Well, that's all that we have for you this week. Please be sure to check in again next week for another episode of the She Leads Now podcast. Until then, have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Now. Be sure to join us next week for another transformative discussion to help you grow, develop, and embody the courageous leader you've always been. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get alerts when new episodes drop and join us for our next Leaders Lounge meetup on Zoom. Details and dates for future sessions are included in the show notes below. So take a look there or head over to sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to register and hold your spot for the next session. Again, that's sabinegideon.com forward slash lounge to grab your spot. Excited to connect with you all inside the lounge. Talk to you soon.